If you have your Bibles, open with me to the book of Genesis chapter 32. I'm going to take you back to a very familiar story, but one that the Lord has been dealing with me about for several weeks, and hopefully I will be able to uh, speak something to you today of what the Holy Ghost has been speaking to me. Genesis chapter 32, begin reading with verse number 24. Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? Jacob responded, My name is Jacob. And he, this being, this angel, this theophany, said to this man who had been known as Jacob, Thy name shall be called, or shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And verse 29 concludes by saying, And he blessed him there. Going back to verse 24, And Jacob was left alone and there wrestled. I want to talk to you for a little while this morning about when you get tired of running. When you get tired of running. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. As you are well aware, if you know anything about the Bible, Jacob is one of the most colorful characters there is in Scripture. He was the twin son of Rachel and Isaac. His brother Esau would be uh, pole opposite of him. As a matter of fact, they were as different as daylight and dark. Esau was a man of the field and the outdoors, and Jacob was a man of the house and the home. He was a deceiver. He was a conniver. He was a bottom-of-the-deck dealer. In our modern time, he would have been a riverboat gambler. He would have been the card shark because he was the master at sleight of hand and fancy footwork. He had a way of getting what he wanted, whatever it took, whether by hook or crook. And I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but that's Jacob. He didn't matter how he had to do it just as long as he got what he wanted. To say that Jacob had a shady reputation is putting it mildly. His cleverness, his his deceitfulness was only outranked by his audacity because he was so calloused in some ways that he would do his own family over. You got to be pretty bad to do your own family in. But Jacob did his own family in. Not only that, he was of such a nature that he 
would even you know, outwit his brother, you can understand that, to climb the family tree and to get an advantage, but he even pulled the wool over his own father's eyes and what made that trick especially dirty was the fact that his father was almost blind. You would think, though, that a life that had begun like that would change at some point, but it didn't. It's amazing as we begin life and we begin the development of our own personality and who we are, how many traits that we pick up as a young person and as a young adult that we use for dealing with life and life's crisis. And as it is often in life, we do not change over time. And Jacob, though he, I'm sure, was aware of the shadiness of his dealings, he didn't change when he left home. Even as a youth, you would have thought that when he got into adulthood, he would have put some of those things behind. But you know what? He didn't, just like a lot of us haven't. You would think that as we grow older, we would learn that the way we used to do things is not going to get us what we want in the present. But Jacob didn't learn that. He kept on conniving. He kept on deceiving. He kept on with his trickery. And what had began in youth followed him into adulthood. I wonder how many of us today are struggling with things in adulthood that really began as a youth. Maybe it began in a moment of weakness or maybe it began when nobody was looking or you saw an opportunity to gain an advantage or to get something that was not yours at the time but you found a way to get it anyway and and, and all that was fine as a young person. You can excuse that as a young person. You can look at that and say, well, you know, they're just being kids. But now we're adults. Now we're grown up. Now we have children and families. And how many of us today are dealing with things that begin in our youth, ways of addressing problems, our ways of dealing with situations in our lives. And the way that we dealt with them back then has followed us into our present state. And even though we've grown up in the physical, we have not grown out of that habit. He connived his father-in-law to be out of his best stock. And not only that, when he got a chance, he took everything that he had and he ran. That's Jacob. He's a runner. That's the epitaph of Jacob's life. He was always running. From the very beginning, he ran from his brother. He ran from his past. He ran from his schemes. But most of all, Jacob ran from himself. He ran from himself. He ran from who he was and who he had developed into being. And for 20 long years, Jacob ran. He hid, he connived, he schemed, and he got ahead in life. And he went down the road of life in a different fashion than 
what you and I would expect, but he got there anyway. And the, 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 the thing about Jacob was that his feet had always been fast enough to keep him just one step ahead of the consequences of his decisions. Just one step ahead. And he had done that for a long time. He had dodged the bullet for years. Always one step ahead of the law, one step ahead of what that decision was going to produce. But then came Jabbok, a creek, a brook. And at Jabbok, everything changed. Life finally caught up with him. Time does catch up with all of us. And there are those Jabbok experiences where you cannot escape any longer. You have run for a long time, but eventually life is going to catch up with you. And when that happens, when life catches up with you, what you do in that moment can be life-changing. And I am talking to people here this morning that are at a Jabbok experience in your life. I don't know who you are. I didn't ask God to tell me. I didn't ask for him to give me any names. I just said, God, if you'll give me the word, I'll preach it to whoever's there. But I want to help somebody. I want to help somebody that spent their life running, running from this and dodging that and running away from this and running from that. I want to speak to them this morning and tell them that it's time to stop running. It's time to stop running. It's time to face what it is that is hounding you and dogging you. Whatever it is that has tainted your decisions and colored your choices. And that Jabbok, his brother who had been estranged from him for 20 years, was coming his way. And time had run out. He couldn't run. At least he didn't run this time. Maybe Jacob was sick of running. I I don't know. I, I do understand this much about living is that every one of us get to a place in life when we get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And maybe Jacob, Jabbok was Jacob's time of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. Always just one step ahead of life. Maybe at this moment Jacob was tired of looking at the shady character that he had become and tired of realizing what his decision and his choices had made. And here a man of mingled purpose lingered behind, reluctant to meet a brother, fearful of the past, too many years of wrong, too many years of running, and then in the darkness of the night, Someone laid hold on him and he knew that this was it. This was it. Anybody here ever had a this is it moment? But something laid hold on you and you realize, you know what? I'm tired of running. I'm tired of dodging. I'm tired of two-stepping. I'm tired of trying to manipulate my way out of another situation. It was a moment, a time when you know it's now or never. And there in that 
lonely place, Jacob wrestled. He wrestled. He wrestled with his situation. He was like a spider caught in his own web. Twenty years he had been away from his family. Twenty years his brother had been able to stew and seethe on all of the deceit and the loss in his life. And now he couldn't get out of it. Now he was caught. His brother was coming toward him. His family was with him. There were too many people to run anymore. And so Jacob, being the man that he was, divided his family up and he sent them here and he sent them there trying to make sure that they weren't all wiped out. And then Jacob was left alone and he wrestled. He wrestled with his situation. How in the world did I get? I've always been able to look ahead. I've always been able to think quicker than that. I've always been able to see what was coming, but he didn't see all that was coming down the road that day. And now he's at a jaybock and he's wrestling with this situation. Situation. But he's not only wrestling with his situation, he's now wrestling with God. That's what the scripture said later. You have wrestled with God. So evidently, God's purpose for his life and God's hand on his life and God's calling on his life had all come to the surface. And now Jacob is wrestling with God about who he was. And he was wrestling with God about a calling that was on his life. But I want to tell you what he really wrestled with. He wrestled with himself. He wrestled with who he had become. He wrestled with all the bad decisions. He wrestled with all the lies, all the deceit, all the cunning, all the scheming, all the craftiness, all of the past was there, and he wrestled. Jacob said, I'm tired of running. It's time to face it. Sick of his past, And desperately in need of a fresh start, he wrestled the night through. I wonder this morning if there would be anybody in this building that would be desperate for a fresh start in your life. Anybody that when you look at your life right now and you see where you're at and you see what all has come and you're thinking, how in the world did I get here? What... I mean, I I didn't envision this. This wasn't part of my plan, but here we are. Is anyone desperate for a fresh start? When moments like these come into our life, we can do one of two things. We can run or we can wrestle. We can run or we can wrestle. It's evident from the story that Jacob wanted it very badly. Because when whatever it was laid hold on him, Jacob laid hold of it. He said, I need a change. I want a change. I want a different life. I want a better life. And his determination is amazing. It's one thing to wrestle for 10 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour. It's another thing to wrestle all night long. But desperate, desperate people do desperate things. And desperate people realize it's now or never. Desperate people realize that this is my time. This is my moment. This is my hour. This is my day. And so he wrestled all the night through. As I thought about this message today, I couldn't help but think of the many reasons that people run. We run for a lot of reasons. The uncertainty of what 
we will find when we do stop running that always clouds our mind. And the fear of whether we can deal with what we find when we do stop running. And so a lot of people don't stop running. They just keep on running. They shrug their shoulders and they rationalize their action and they say they are victims of circumstances or it's not their fault or there were there are other people worse than they are or they, they, they are not as bad as people perceive them and so they run, we run, we run, we try to escape. But no matter how much makeup you put on it, it's still a black eye and it still hurts. Jacob finally figured out that the best way to deal with it was to face it, face it head on and wrestle it down. He wrestled down an old man that had ruined his life. He wrestled down an old man that had put him at odds with his family. He wrestled down an old man that had put him at odds with his father-in-law. I wonder what it is that we need to wrestle down this morning. That old man that had put him in such a dilemma and he wrestled him down. He didn't wrestle that other man down. He wrestled himself down. Because Jacob realized, you know what, it's not somebody else's fault that I'm where I am. It's not somebody else's fault that I'm in the mess that I'm in right now. It's not someone else's fault that my family won't talk to me or that it's not my fault or their fault because the situation, it's my fault. And Jacob, more than wrestling with another man, he was wrestling with this man and he said, you know what, son, you're coming down. You're, go- you're not going to live the way that you've always lived. And so he wrestled down that old man that he was And he put that man in the hand of God. That's what some of us need to do this morning. We need to wrestle down that old self and put him in the hands of God. Because if you will, God will do good to him. Amen. God will do good to him. If you'll wrestle down that old self, that conniving, deceiving, cunning, crafty, quick, that man would rather run than anything. If you'll just wrestle him down and put him in the hands of God, God will be good to him. The Bible said God blessed him there. God didn't hurt him. When Jacob left that encounter, he was a better man, far better than he would have ever been if he had kept running. Listen to me. I'm talking to some good people. Jacob was not a bad man. He he, he, he had a personality that caused him to do things. And that's what some of you are dealing with. You're dealing with who you are, your personality, your temperament, the, 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 the desires that make up who you are. And sometimes those desires and that temperament don't always produce what we want in life. And they don't always bring us to that place that we want to be. But it was that man that Jacob was willing to wrestle down and say, you know what? I'm tired of being that kind of man. I want to be a God-controlled man. I want God's hand on my life. And he wrestled him down and put himself in the hand of God. And God was so good to him. God was so good to him. God blessed him there. He blessed him there. 
God could bless somebody right here this Sunday morning as quiet as it is right now. Amen. I don't know if you're just shell-shocked or you're afraid to say amen because I'm talking to you. I don't know, but I do know this. God can bless somebody right here this morning. Somebody that just comes to that point in their life when they realize, you know what, I'm tired of running. And I've, I've, seen, some, I've seen some cunning runners in my life. I've lived long enough and pastored people long enough to find out that you can cover a whole lot up in life, make it look good, but then when you start digging through all that, you find out it's not so good under the surface. And so Jacob wrestled him down. The old way of dealing with his problems, the old way of medicating his hurts, Jacob said, no more running, no more running. Jacob was a new man after it was all over. What a refreshing encounter it was with God that day. Do you understand that God wants to do you good? All of us good. God's not waiting to pick up a whip and crack it over your head and beat you into submission. God wants to do all of us good. And more often than not, we are the ones that keep the hand of God from doing what it wants to do in our life. And so Jacob came to that time, someone today needs to decide no more running. I'm sure that there are some of you sitting here this morning that have lived the way that you've lived so long that you feel like it's too late to change. Well, let me tell you, take courage in Jacob. It's never too late to wrestle that old man down. 20 years, 30 years, 40 years God can still transform the runner. Amen. It's all in a night's work for him. Praise God. No matter how long you've been running, you're never too old to stop. You're never too old to stop. You're never too old to say, you know what? Enough is enough. There are times in our life And there are moments that come to our life when what we may become is challenging what we are. And that was Jabok. That was Jacob's experience at Jabok. What he could become was challenging what he was. And said, Jacob, there's something better out there. There's something better in you than that. There's something better God has for your life. And Jacob decided to stop running. At such time, the only solution is to do what Jacob did. And that was pray, God, I will not let you go until you bless me. Amen. A desperate encounter for a better life. A life-changing moment a destiny-deciding moment. It set his life in the direction of his life in a whole different vein. All because Jacob said, I'm tired of running. And so this morning I come to speak to somebody that's been running. Amen. Somebody that's been running. Why don't you take some encouragement from old Jacob? 
and realize that this would be a good morning to stop. It'd be a great morning to stop running and just face that man that I am and wrestle him down and into the hand of God. Amen. If you will, you'll leave this building a blessed person. You'll leave here better than you came. Let's lift our hands to him right now and let's pray right now. Father, we love you.